You are listening to the Manufacturing Ignition podcast, your weekly insight into the UK manufacturing sector, sponsored by Bonfire Recruitment, helping manufacturing leaders across the UK to attract the best talent for their manufacturing company. Ignite your business or career today by visiting www.bonfiremanufacturing.com. Here's your host, Terry Mallin. This week I'm joined by Alan Dilworth, who's a program manager with Made Smarter UK. Alan, could you give the listeners an, an insight into your background and experience and, and a bit about Made Smarter? Yes, of course. Um, thank you very much for having me on. Um, my 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 background is is in engineering and manufacturing. I, I spent the first twenty odd years of my life in various companies uh, in an operational role within um, various sectors like uh, defence, engineering, uh, packaging, all these kind of things. So I learned an awful lot about packaging about manufacturing, uh, and it's really close to my heart as a, as a as a subject and. About 10 years ago, I quite got very interested in economic development and helping uh, sort of companies progress and, and learn new stuff and adopt new things. And this led me into the world of Made Smarter, yep. uh, which is a, a pilot program we're running uh, in the northwest of England. And its intention is to help businesses in the manufacturing sector adopt these new technologies to improve their processes and productivity and, and their competitiveness and therefore their ex- ability to export and innovate. Excellent. And I, and I know it's, it's going to be interesting for a lot of our listeners being senior management and leadership, which is mm-hmm. which is why why we're talking about this, Alan. And the, and the topic we're going to cover today is, is why do so many uh, small and medium-sized manufacturers struggle to adopt new technology, yeah. um, which is the whole purpose of what you're doing. Um, could you give us an insight into that? Give us a wee intro into the topic then? Sure. Um, the, the Made Smarter pilot really is, is trying to break down some of the barriers that exist. And some of the kind of themes that have emerged within the program have been uh, concern about you know where to start, how do we do this? It's a bit of a it's a bit of a plunge into darkness for some companies. Uh, it can be disruptive, but the rewards at the end of the, the, that particular sort of time are are, are good, and the, the productivity increases that we are beginning to see are, are substantial. Um, I think a second reason is that not companies are nervous about return on investment, uh, and there's also uh, an aspect to this of, of sort of an underinvestment in, in the UK generally in, in innovation and a sort of a, perhaps a slight nervousness that's all kind of connected with this um, sort of, you know, how, how do I do this thing? Because I, I, I don't understand the language. It's, it's full of young people in very unfashionable clothing to me. And I, don't, I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to, to really embrace this stuff. So, so please help. So the purpose of our pilot really is to try and, make those connections and, and, and get folk to, to to see the bigger picture and the opportunities that this sort of stuff can that can bring. So it's more those those type of opportunities that often as a business owner or a or a leader you might actually shy away from because it's not your thing and it's not how the business has been run before. But actually you do appreciate that there could be a value there. You just don't know how to go about it then it's a sort of opportunity to engage with someone like yourself with experience to kind of show them the light. Exactly so. And I think, um, you know, I don't think, you know, you can't fault people for being nervous about 
disrupting a model of their business, which is, you know, ticking along, it's producing profits for them, that sort of their shareholders are happy. Um, but, you know, in, in other countries, innovation is, 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 is sort of perhaps ahead of where we are in the UK. And, um, you know, this, this is potentially widening the gap still. And, and for us to be competitive as a nation, especially now where probably drifting away from some of our closest neighbours in terms of economic links. We, we need to keep uh, manufacturing in, in, in the UK competitive. And by improving productivity, that's one way of, of doing this. Um, clearly, there's, there's opportunities for new products and new designs and different ways of approaching your market. And if you kind of digitise a lot of your processes, there's so much waste that you can take out of your systems. And that all feeds back into the bottom line. And there's, there's a whole sort of circle of benefits there, really, that can be can be gained. And Alan, what, what type of, uh, so, so just uh, just taking it back two steps, uh, what type of new technology could someone, you know, you, know, you touched on it, um, you know, looking at trends, so you can see trends, mm. you know, that's one way. So spotting, spotting gaps and opportunity within the marketplace, but what other ways could technology be used, which you've been associated with or you've been involved in, you know, manufacturing? I think, you know, very recently within um you know the current climate of of, of covid and, and lockdown and uh companies have been really working out how they can do business remotely so there's a lot of tools that um that the digital world has that that facilitate this now whether it's sensors on machines as a factory uh, quite close to us in manchester that have uh, the md can literally look at his phone and see what all his machines are doing anywhere in the world uh, and it, there's quite a process industry, this particular uh, company. But that's that's a clear example of just being that that connectivity, really being able to give you an absolute hands-on view all the time anywhere. And I think we speak very general about manufacturing, but there's mm. some specific sectors within manufacturing that are far more, uh, ad, you know, uh, adopting more technology than others. You know, if you take the automotive industry, for example, most of it's robotics, most of this can be exactly as you said, where you can look at your phone, you can see all the data. Um, you know, whilst you might have your, you know, family-owned business that's based in, you know, northwest England that's been in the family for four generations and have got good, good cash in the bank, you know, they turn over their 10, 12 million a, a year. Um, but what they don't have is any technology to take them forward and the next step. So you get two different, you know, there. Well, as we're touching on this, then what do you see as the barriers to adoption? So you've taken that sort of fat, small family-owned business that have got the money to do it, they just don't know where to go or, you know, they understand the benefits there. But what, what, what's often the barriers to adoption? I think um, the, the, the clear the clear barrier that we, we the first thing we find when we when we go and talk to companies um, is that they have a almost a preconceived idea about you know the I want a robot sort of philosophy really yeah. uh, and and when you start to talk to them about you know why they think a robot might be appropriate for their business you start to unearth a little bit about how their business is where their issues are and actually yes a robot might be a solution for them but not immediately before. Before you do the robot thing, you have to do a lot of the more sort of basic um, architecture and infrastructure stuff around uh, the data. Because most, I think it's fair to say that most manufacturing companies are very, very data rich. But yeah. data is only useful if you do something with it. Yeah. So, um, all you know, I think we're 
probably a lot of us would be familiar with sort of clipboards on machines and people writing numbers in boxes every day and that data gets put in a cupboard and filed. The digital world is, is very similar. All these sensors on machines will be producing masses of information which will probably go and sit on a hard disk somebody and nobody ever analyzes it so if you if you're able to sort of step one connect your business up together so that kind of systems integration thing is a is a very big theme and probably well over half of the work we're doing with businesses is on that almost step one on the ladder of, 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 of digitalization is this systems integration so getting your machines to talk to each other making sure they speak the same machine language because there's a you know, selection of those available too. And, you know, you can find robots in the corners of factories with dust sheets because somebody doesn't know what to do with them when they've yeah. done the first job. And I'm guessing, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people often think of this as well with regards to adopting new technology or artificial mm. intelligence or gathering data that it has to be a massive project that has to be done all at one time, you know. But the reality is... You know, if you are in a in a factory, you could start it off in a small area, improve the concept. Like I don't know, a couple of machines with an engineer. Absolutely. You know, prove mm-hmm. that concept, prove the return on investment on it, and then actually, once that's been there, and you can see the the results and the and the, the worthwhile. Um, then actually, what you can do is then invest and actually spread out in the business, and what you've actually got is then a full view of how your business is running you can make the right decisions in terms of investment um quick one Alan, uh, just just what it's in my head because i'll end up forgetting no doubt um so you're touching on robots here so i had to use robots for a perfect example how much involvement do you have in that do you, inv- do you are you deal do you project manage for start to finish i.e uh, what the company needs how they do it the sourcing of the robot and the relationship there, naturally, the delivery piece. How much do you get involved in that? Our involvement, the kind of approach we take with with the business, perhaps, is the best way to to answer that question. Um, once we have a, a sort of a, a contact, we'll go and talk to them about their business. We'll try to understand their problems and their issues, where they want to be. Um, look at their sort of their, their strategy, and as often as not, um, companies will have a have an idea they want to do digital, but it's not kind of embedded into their main. The, the main strategy there's no reason it should be separate it's just a part of a of a strategy so we'll, we'll look and we'll work with them to develop a, a roadmap for want of a better expression and and that roadmap the first step may be do lean do some lean stuff first in your factory because digitizing waste is not an efficient use of of, of the technology so make sure all your, your, your data flows are, are there next and then start to think, okay, well, let's say I'll, pull, I'll put an additive machine in here because I can make, I can make jigs with the additive machine that will, will you know, help my process uh, at relatively low cost compared to having jigs machine but somewhere, you know, somewhere else, and, um, you know, especially if they're sort of low-use low things. And then from that, then, okay, maybe the next step is some, some more process automation or... Um, now, there's, there's, there's a journey that companies, and, and that journey will depend very much on what the company's doing. I mean, we, we're working with a company in, in Lancashire that do a very traditional company. They do a sort of building products, and, you know, they, they have a very uh, labor-intensive, hand-sculpted mold thing with surveys being carried out by, you know, folks with binoculars and things like that looking yeah. at buildings. Uh, and we've introduced them the concept of... Um, you know, the journey they can go along. First of all, let's think about not hand carving molds. Let's think about, you know, 
3D printing them because it's kind of a lot quicker. And 3D printing is not massively quick. It's not a mass production technique, let's, let's no. be honest. Um, but we can digitize these the, the mold printing. And then we're sort of saying, okay, well, when, when you buy products in the oven, how do you know when they're, they're, when they're actually cooked? Uh, so we'll put sensors in your clay, why don't we? So you can actually see the temperature in the middle of it and know when it's ready. Instead of having some bloke on a windy wet hill with a pair of binoculars, why not send a drone up with a camera on it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, all these little things and they, and all of that integrated in together is just a wonderful use of this technology for relatively little money, to be honest. So, uh, and the, the the improvement they can make is uh, is phenomenal. You know, the, the scope they're very excited about this, and we have a actually have a, um, a student in there at the moment doing some work with them to sort of help them understand how this technology can be applied in their business. I, I, I think that's the thing. You know, it's not one one size issue fits all as well. Mm. You know, it, it's very much molded on that business. So that business owner, if you go back to that business owner, that has got the family business and and he's he's wanting to grow it so that actually his daughter has a hard daughter or son then takes over from the business in future and wants to build up that next level of legacy it doesn't mean uh, you know this is a matter of looking at what they do good existingly existing sorry existingly um and uh and, and, and actually you know automating that process, you know, making that more efficient, making the information more clearer in terms of what is actually good. You think that's good, but is it really good? Is it working well for the business? Mm. No, this is highlighted straight away. You can tackle that and, uh, and, and and you can make the changes needed, you know, and then that capacity that might come out of that in terms of could be used for something that is that making you money or making you good business or whatever it might be. So, So I think it's just about you know, I, I think you, the, you hit the nail on the head for me personally when you say at the end of the day, most manufacturing companies have a wealth of data. They've got yeah. a, a, a loads of data, and that's true. And I've been in places where they've got maintenance schedules on bits of paper, and it's books upon books upon books. Right? That's great, right? And, and However, if all that information was computerised, which is the exact same. It's just rather than storing it paper-based, it's storing it digitally, digitally, and it can be protected so that actually I've never happened with that. It's got it covered elsewhere. That can all be done. But the reality is what you can then do is a computer is far more smarter than an individual in terms of pulling all that together and putting it into an easy-to-use format where if you're a business leader, you can actually see it. If you're going on holiday and you really want to know what the uptime is of your machine or the downtime or whatever it might be, you can see that. Uh, and you can see the output, how many cakes you've just produced in the last hour. You can see all that. So actually, it gives you a wee bit of reassurance that everything's taken away in the background. Absolutely. I think most sort of manufacturing companies will have some measure of their productivity. Maybe it's, you know, overall machine efficiency measurements or on time in full for orders. There's, there's umpteen sort of measures you can use. But, uh, you know, as, as you absolutely correctly say, the, you know, the, intelligently analyzing the data you can get from from a few sensors on a machine can give you you know information on on ppm preventative maintenance yeah. scheduling uh, downtimes overall efficiencies volumes all kinds of stuff and and it's and it's just there for you and, and it can you can put little tallies around the factory with displays on their little dashboards so uh and they, you can have it on a on a on an ipad wandering around as well 
other portable devices are available. Um, I think that's valuable. I think that's valuable because what coming out of the back of everything that's going on in the world, right? There's going to be some changes. Maybe not as quick in manufacturing because manufacturing is manufacturing. You need yeah. you need people on site. You need to be making products. However, there will be certain roles that could be probably worked remotely. You know, for example, do you really need to go and visit Tesco every week? every second week in terms of that, why not just do a video call? You know, and that'll become more prominent uh, go, going going forward. But, the, you know, the reality actually having all that at your fingertips as well um, comes back to actually, if you've got that data, you can make the decisions quicker, faster, better. You yeah. know? And, and informed decisions rather than perhaps gut feel decisions on many occasions as well. Yeah, yeah absolute black and white. Mm. Um, and it's giving you that information. You know, mm. and it's about coming back to the point I was actually getting to was you were mentioning about the data being on iPads and on screens, whatever. But that allows the workforce to be connected as well because the workforce can see exactly what's going on, what the goal is. You know, if they're looking to produce 5,000 cakes, you know, today, you know, how I know, I know this is, is pretty common in terms of having that sort of basic view but you know you can go right into detail and if people have got that in their fingertips if a production manager has got that in their fingertips then actually what they can do is far more productive team meetings in the morning or during the day where that where that's going to increase productivity it's going to drive staff engagement um but what what we've kind of talked about alan sorry for rambling on here but what, what we've kind of talked about in that sort of once i'm away i'm away um, <laughs> uh, what we've talked about in the last sort of five minutes is the fact that having data that's already in a business and, and it allows you to kind of improve the processes. But also, you did touch on it at the start, there is ways to use technology to spot new opportunities commercially. You know, spot, spot gaps, spot trends, mm. be able to increase your market share and wherever you want it to be, but you're able to do it faster, better, more, with a better um, judgment, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Informed decision making is absolutely so. Um, you know, we're, we're, some of the clients we work with are, are very um, niche manufacturing businesses, and we're not we're not talking about. Um, yes, we do some work with food factories. We do some work with with you know what people would call metal bashing factories, yeah. uh, and that's the work we've done in those sort of places was really around connecting up their machines, which allows them to do sort of better scheduling of work because they they know where. You can you can do run simulations within your factory to see where uh, you know the impact of putting this job on this machine here would be down the line for your your, your best customer's order, which clearly you want to have as a priority. Yeah. But we also do stuff with some really left field companies actually, that are actually, working with enzymes and things. Sorry for jumping there, Alan, because I wind up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm like? I end up going off track again. But <laughs> you touched on actually having data. Do you want know what? I think that's valuable as well because it's not all about spotting trends. It's not all about knowing what's going on in your business. But what you're actually able to have is data that you can show a customer. Mm. And you can actually show your customer our uptime is X, Y, and Z. Our productivity is X, Y, and Z. This is our available capacity where we can handle another £5 million of business. We can mm. handle that. So actually what you're able to do is actually use that as a tool to drive that current customer relationship as well. Very much so, um, and a lot of the, the kind of the large companies will have um, systems in their in a in place where customers can actually interrogate the the factory's own production system. They'll have limited access. They'll be able to see stocks. They'll be able to see 
um, you know, an amount of the schedule, not all of it clearly because it's commercially sensitive, but uh, yeah, it depends on your levels of sophistication. And also you need to bear in mind once you've got an, an open point of access, you've got to be thinking about cybersecurity as well. And that, that's, yeah. a, that's a very big issue. The average cost of cybercrime is about 200K per, per event with a business. Uh, which is about 10 times what the cost of a good solution is. So, you know, it's well worth looking at this as a serious thing when you get into this technology. And, and it's something that we try to talk to all our clients about as well. Yeah, and I think I think that, that's very, very relevant in terms of, I mean, I've seen a couple of things today about, I think it was the construction companies that are building the hospitals. There have been two cyber attacks on them in terms of, yeah. that's, that's terrible, you know, but, it's, but it just shows you, you know, it, anything and there's, there's no no holds barred there in terms of that and i think it's just about if you've got the right systems you've got the right person who's guiding you doing that they'll be able to make sure you're as protected mm. as possible and also you know you can look at your insurance i know i've got it for my business because my business is all automated and it's all um on the you know virtual you know it's all on the cloud everything that mm. I, I, I do um, and and through your insurance, you can get cyber security protection as well. I'm sure it's covered on that. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, we saw we not talk much about visualization. I think, which is, uh, you know, this this virtual world, and uh, we've done a fair amount of work with um, um, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. There's all these sort of components that can be used and and they're you know, more so nowadays in the situation where uh you know people aren't going to be able to get back to work as normal for some time yeah. um and and the, the, you know the vr sets can help with with training can help with design you can use them easily across um you know across the net the, the internet uh the systems where um for example say you've got a breakdown in your factory and you've got your your headset on and uh, you know, a little um, you know, um, iPad, for want of a better word, in your hand, and you can talk to somebody in America, and he can he can actually draw on your iPad, which will appear on your visor, so you can actually see. So right, that screw over there, just loosen that thread off a bit, close that valve down, do this. Now switch it on again and see if it's working. Uh, absolutely amazing stuff, and and again, not expensive. It's it's you know the the, the technology is expensive. Um, some of it is if you want to buy a big robot yeah that's hundreds of thousands of quid but for a few sensors and and whatever on on a machine it's you know thousand two thousand quid very 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 affordable yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and considering time and cost of you know and, and, and i think a lot of that stuff i mean just just sideways tracking a little bit you know because i think this is something that just popped into my head you know a lot of people think technology robot robots artificial intelligence whatever it might be industry 4.0 it's all going to be about losing jobs and losing people and it's all going to be the factory's going to be run by 10 people you know and i think you want to what it's just going to be far from that really in terms of that but at the end of the day there's always a need for skill sets and those skill sets rather than mm -hmm. that person being the person that puts greaseproof paper in mm -hmm. a cake tray to make it you know that person's role could be re replaced by some sort of robot robot but the reality is that person can then be upskilled to do something else within the factory absolutely absolutely i mean what has been really interesting is that uh we found with doing these projects with businesses that 
in very, very rare occasions that we say, well, actually, this might put a couple of people out of work. The vast, vast majority of our clients are saying, actually, if we do this, we're going to up our production. We're going to need more people, not less. Yeah. And the ones that that have their jobs, um, you know, that are being replaced by, by, by digital technology, they're doing other things which are perhaps more interesting, more stimulating than sitting there moving bits of paper around, as you were just saying, on, on a... In a bacon tray. Exactly. Um, no, good. And, and you know, Alan, take, take, so, so one of the big things is, you know, all this sounds great, right? And and everybody, everybody who is MD would be interested in this in some shape or form because what it is, it's natural development of their business. But as we both know, and as, as we all know who's listening, you know, this all comes down to cost. I think a lot of people don't, you know, I think more importantly, it's probably more what's the return on investment on these things. And, and could you give us a wee bit of an insight into that? Uh, no cost as an thing, because that will vary depending on the business, the project, what they're looking to do. But what's the sort of typical return on investment? Um, typically, we're seeing companies, you know, sub one year, eight months, six months, depending on exactly what the project is and where the impact is in the factory. So it's it's a very, very quick return. And uh, I mean, talking sort of averages here. So, as you say, each each, each company is very individual and they're, they're different. The average project we're seeing is about eighty k, and the, the way our program is structured is that we can give twenty k grant support towards this. Yeah. So that that really helps de-risking it financially for the business. Uh, and um, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's 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 just really encouraging to see way that to see the way that people are actually, despite all the um, the kind of noises off and risks and everything, they're still embracing this and trying it. And, you know, once we're able to really show them the opportunity, um, then, you know, they, they are really, you know, going for it and, and taking that plunge and, and, and you know, being willing to be helped. And I think that's the really encouraging bit for me that, you know, the but the, 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 the UK, we, we're, we're good at invention, we're good at creativity, but sometimes you need a little bit of a spark to commercialise it in, in a way that, perhaps hasn't happened so well in the past yeah and i think that is as you said i think that's just uk in general you know in any type of sector you know everybody's got great ideas and great vision but it's the mm. execution that often fails yes. you know and it's the execution that's often looked back on and regretted you know that, that they didn't do it or oh, they had that idea oh yeah you know it's always the same right it doesn't matter it's the same within recruitment trust me i've had <laughs> with a recruiter in the last two days and I've ever had in my life because everything that's going on it's been really interesting because it, everybody has always had these great ideas and they just don't follow through because I've always been mm. automation and driven process anyway um, okay uh, Alan so if I'm a senior leader manager and I'm thinking do you want to know what I quite enjoyed that I quite enjoy listening to that I'm Probably, I'm I'm open minded to having a chat to see if there's any legs in it and stuff like that. How would people get in touch with you? I think that the, the simplest way for anybody is just to visit the Made Smarter website. Uh, as I said at the start, the Made Smarter pilot is in the northwest of England. Yeah. However, there is a plan to roll this out, um, and that will be coming hopefully very soon. Um, so. What we're doing is we are sort of collecting information, obviously for people that we are able to work with, but also for people that uh, the program will be able to work with in the future. So, if you're not in the northwest of England, please get in touch anyway. Yeah. Let us know your details. 
you know, if nothing else, you can pick up our newsletters. You can look at, there's a lot of information on our website. There's loads of case studies. We're adding to this all the time. We're trying to keep them varied so they're not the same thing over again. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of knowledge on there that you can can look at, and we'll be expanding the knowledge bank as we go. Um, yeah, so come come and visit us, please, and express your interest, and we will get in touch, or we'll put we'll make sure you're in touch with somebody in your area that you know will be able to give you some knowledge and advice about when it might be coming to you. Yeah, and I, th- I think the initiative is fantastic. You know, I've had you know a bit of interaction with yourself and a couple of the colleagues within me mm-hmm. over the last. A uh, couple of weeks and 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 uh, run up to this show, um, and from everything I've seen, very professional. I think it's a no-brainer in terms of you guys are doing this day in day out, you know, um, and it's and, and engaging with somebody like yourself just for a bit of but a soundboard. The idea might grow arms and legs, but the reality is, you know, if if a company was looking to do this themselves, often it takes a lot longer. The fact mm. that you touched on grant sort grant opportunities, just the knowledge of just that basically is, is, is worth its weight in gold as well as off the back it is the knowledge of yourself where you're able to be a sound benchmark, give the right advice, make sure that the teething problems are looked after and make sure that whatever's implemented into a business or a factory is effective and is tailored to that specific business. And that business owner looks at it at the end of the end of that process and thinks that was mm. that was bloody great and I've got some good results out of the back of that and going forward my business is in good shape for growth i think so i mean it's 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 a really rewarding program to be part of i mean not only because it's my main passion is manufacturing which is you know added bonus really but the fact that we can support companies financially uh, we can also fund the student placements with them we we have a, a subsidized um leadership management course which is not sort of leadership management it's how to lead companies in in technology implementation so you know it's a very sort of niche thing that's uh focused on you know how do you do this you know Uh, and and part of our sort of digital roadmap process we go through we can say to you okay you really perhaps want to send joe on this course because he he really benefit from having this knowledge or perhaps ask the local university to provide some students which we will pay for uh, to come and work in, in in your business and help you and if nothing else, demystify all this 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 weird language that you'll hear. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the whole purpose is you've got a solid, stable business. This is an opportunity to embrace technology as it is. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's maxim. It's, it's allowing you to collate the information you've already got or the processes you already do to be more productive, more effective, which is in turn allow you to grow your business. And more importantly, you know, that's going to add value to the economy in terms of uh, recruitment. You know, headcount would go up as your business grows. You know, so a lot of positives for that. But at the end of the day, let's be honest, Alan, not everybody will do this. You know, I And and if you look at it historically, you know, those companies, probably more prominent as of the last couple of months, those companies are going to get left behind. you know, and I've been banging a drum for five years in terms of ever since I read a book. I can't remember what it's called. I've got it somewhere. Robot or somewhere. Hold on, let's see. Actually, it could be, a, it could be an app. So it's called it. I'll get rid of it. Oh, too many books now. No, sorry. Sorry, Alan. I've, won, I've got a full... I can't see it. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a book that sent me off on that. Anyway, we're rambling. Alan, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. 
I appreciate it. And just finishing up, Alan, what's the Made Smarter website? What's the address? It's www.madesmarter.org. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers, Alan. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturing Ignition podcast. If you've made it this far, we take it that you enjoyed the show. In return, we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe while you're there and we'll catch you for the next episode. 